Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Good morning, Park Ave. Now hear the scripture from Ecclesiastes 3, uh, third chapter, uh, verses 1 through 15. There's a season for everything and a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth and a time for dying, a time for planting and a time for uprooting what was planted, a time for killing and a time for healing, time for tearing down and a time for building up, a time for crying and a time for laughing, a time for mourning and a time for dancing, a time for searching and a time for losing, a time for keeping and a time for throwing away, a time for tearing and a time for repairing, a time for keeping silent and a time for speaking, a time for love and a time for hating, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from all their hard work? I have observed the task that God has given human beings. God has made everything fitting in its time, but has also placed eternity in their hearts without enabling them to discover what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there's nothing better for them but to enjoy themselves and do what's good while they live. Moreover, this is the gift of God that all people should eat, drink, and enjoy the results of their hard work. I know that whatever God does will last forever. It's impossible to add to it or take away from it. God has done this so that people are reverent before him. Whatever happens has already happened and whatever will happen has already happened before. And God looks after what he has driven away. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Will you join me in prayer? God, everything is everything. I pray that according to the riches of God's glory, God may grant you, may grant us the strength, strength in our inner beings with the power through God's spirit and that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith and that we being rooted and grounded in love, we pray that we gain the power to comprehend with all the saints, with all the ancestors, what is the breadth and length, depth and height, and to know the love 
of Christ that surpasses all knowledge so that we may be filled with the fullness of God. We pray this in our Black Messiah, Jesus's name. So this week I was talking to a friend and she told me this amazing story about her son. I'll share it. It's really short. She said that last week her son pulled her in close and admitted to her, Mommy, I think I have the power to control things. <laughs> and we had a good laugh about this. My friend, I'm sure, responded, Okay, honey, you know, and I've heard the same similar things. Because isn't that a part of growing up? Isn't that a part of what we learn? growing up, that we are not the center of the world. Children grow out of that belief. People, sometimes ones that have had a hard time growing up, like myself, learn it later in life, but we all receive that message at some point. We are not the center of the world. And today I want to I say, what if we are? What if really we are? What if everything really is everything. So I want to trace where we've come from in this series and then move forward. <clears throat> we have only two weeks left after this week. If you haven't caught up with some of the messages, I would suggest it. We're talking about reverse dominion, what we call noinamod, living into a balance, a reciprocal relationship with our planet, with the giver of this earth and this life, our dear mother. In week one, Cody defined Noinamod as this mandate of Christians to counter theological underpinnings that have led to such imbalance. We've gotten dominion very wrong from the beginning. Cody reminded us with the image drawn from Revelation of the city and the forest proliferating and growing together in balance. He said, our goal for today is not a return to Eden, but instead a flourishing of all. Everything is everything. And then we got the opportunity to worship with Reverend Dr. Claudio Carvales, who was the inspiration really for this whole series. Reverend Claudio pointed out the parallels between the ways in which we are destroying the Earth's capacity to produce oxygen, killing plankton, reducing diatoms, and the assassination of so many Black and Brown people in these death-dealing systems of policing and violence. Everything is everything. And last week, we heard our very own Pastor Henra bring the message directly to the heart of the systemic injustice. He said, we cannot take care of the land if we do not take care of all the people. We, and if we do care for both with a godly care, then both will prosper. Everything is everything. This is what I love about our collaboration here at Park Avenue, our open pulpit, the way these messages are not just coincidentally flowing into each other, but we're leaving room for the spirit to guide us. And so when I spoke to Pastor Henra about my illumination, my thoughts about this sermon today, we realized just how this flow is working and everything is 
everything. I got this quote. I was reminded of this amazing song in reading Melanie L. Harris's book, Eco-Womanism, African-American Women and Earth-Honoring Faiths. This is the the best thing I could have been doing. And I did this. And then she makes reference to this song, this, this album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill changed my life. I think I wore that CD out in college. Everything is everything. Theologian Miss Lauren Hill suggests, and I think it's true. I'm not sure what my 18 year old self thought of it when I heard everything is everything, this resonates so deeply with me today. The choking of our earth is the choking of our siblings of color. Everything is everything. Because as the poem we read earlier taught us, the large gentle hands of Eric Garner once planted in the earth, making it easier for us to breathe. Everything is everything because he wasn't just asphyxiated due to an illegal chokehold in a system of policing that is violent at every level, but because he also had asthma. The result of environmental degradation and chronic health problems experienced more frequently in communities that are marginalized. Everything is everything. This is about making connections and seeing the implications of our misguided dominion on us all. Upon us all, everything is everything. People of faith and people of conscience, we must root out these toxic beliefs that have allowed misguided interpretations of dominion to shape our impact and to allow us to rationalize subjugating the world and the people in it the world doesn't revolve around us, but everything is everything. As Cody said, it is our call as believers to confront these toxic ways of understanding that rationalize the use and the misuse of this life-giving earth. Everything is everything. Pastor Henra said the care of the land is inextricably linked to the care of the people who are present on that land. Everything is everything. Dr. Harris teaches this practice of mining eco-memory. This is a tenet of eco-womanism and a practice that draws us into a connectional alignment with our narratives and the narrative of the land for generations. This practice is hugely important in this time of disconnection, this time like right now, oh yes, and the last two centuries and longer. This is a legacy of misguided conceptions of dominion. We need Noinamad because everything is everything. We need to remember that everything is connected. The book of Ecclesiastes, or also called Kohelet, speaks to this disconnection. One commentator notes that the main theme of this book is the inability of people to remember and record the generations of human history depriving can't remember we are forgetting. We need to re-remember. We need to connect again. As I read 
Dr. Harris's book, I was camping last week. Um, I sat in the woods, bathing in trees and thinking about these stereotypes, right? Thinking about how I was living into stereotypes, the stereotypes that shadow over me on about how my queer family camping was such a lesbian thing to do, right? Of course, of course we would pack up the car, drag out the tent, spend several nights sleeping on the cold ground, of course. Part of my eco-memory that is connected to my identity markers is this positive engagement with nature, with the woods that has encouraged me to connect with the earth, to discover the calm of this connection in a forest, to breathe deep the smell of the woods. This has been a blessing in my life. It has reset my anxious brain chemistry more times than I can tell you. And studies suggest, and we've talked about this before, that simply getting dirt under your nails has a calming effect and long-term mental health benefits. And then, of course, my thoughts went to my Black siblings, my community, my family, people of color, for whom stereotypes and circumstances often fly in the other direction. We know this collective definitions and conventions and stereotypes are not true, yet they still create a barrier, a stereotype, what Dr. Emile Towns might call a cultural production of evil, created for the purpose of restricting, dominating, and controlling. Dr. Towns traces the terrible implications of many negative stereotypes and perhaps this stereotype that black people don't camp is the most evil of all. Maybe it's leading to this divorce, this further divorce from the birthright of our land and connection therein. Everything is everything. I must say again that this connection is being the barriers creating to this is, is being built to this connection because as we know, the history of chattel slavery in the United States, this was the great stripping of human beings from their land, the generational enslavement, transportation, theft, commodification of people, tearing them away from the land. And in order to connect, we need to reconnect with our eco-memory. We need to connect so that we can see that everything is everything. We need to recover our relationship with the land to overcome limitations set by restrictive stereotypes and roles that reduce us. Pastor Henra, an avid camper, is the exception to this lie of a stereotype, and I bet many of you are too. This logic of domination has woven itself through our relationship with the land. Land has become a possession to be subjugated and dominated, not a part of our identities, of who we are. We can recover our eco-memories. We are literally formed by the earth. I loved the story that Elliot read for Children's Moment. We are the velvet moss of the caterpillar and the lion. We are the singing whales, the larks, the frogs. Everything is everything.
We are literally formed by the earth. Our bodies share form with the earth. Our lungs mirror the roots of a tree. I've taken some time in this last year to practice remembering to face my ancestral faults, sins, one might say, and to get to know some of the eco-memory carried within. This is our season to begin this journey together. This is our invitation. As I was reading this book of Ecclesiastes, this scripture this morning reminded me of a person, a person experiencing grief. There is a season for everything. And for everything, a time, everything is everything. In the midst of this global pandemic and the grief therein, this rabbinic wisdom hit me differently. When reading in the past, I might have thought of it as almost trite. But today, in this time, this studying the text resonated with my soul, envisioning a person in the midst of grief, we know grief is not a linear journey and we carry within us not just the trauma of what is happening but reverend keith reminded us two weeks ago that we also carry within us the resilience to move through this grief to experience it it will not engulf us we are connected we are rooted where we are to the ground to the earth and I think we need that permission this morning to experience our grief. I want to say, if you are in heartache over the trauma and prevalence of generational poverty, of violence this morning, your grief, there is a time for that. If you're feeling acutely remorse over war, terrorism, or anguished by hearing again about another murder of a black and brown sibling. You are in grief and there is a time for this grief. You are in the right time. And if the misery of not feeling able to change the structural violence is weighing you this morning, this too is an appropriate grief response. Everything is connected. Everything is everything. This compounded trauma is impacting us all and bubbling up and we need a place to stand. One commentator compared Ecclesiastes and the book of Job. You see this a lot. They're connected in their genre. Job, overcome with grief of the loss of his entire family, sits in silence. Grief, deep grief, can be seen in our silence too. You often see these comparisons of these texts. They, they are both um, as I was taught, a type of wisdom literature called skeptical wisdom. It's not straightforward. It's not telling you what to do, but it's pointing out this huge systemic problem that we are experiencing. And this morning, this text can give us permission to confront ourselves where we are to take time for our grief. There is a time to rage and a time to cry. There is a time to march and a time to pray. And it is okay to be where you are right now. There is a time to yell and a time to be silent. These Amen. grief practices are important. These grief practices are missing in our culture today. 
I often make reference to what Resma Menachem calls metabolizing our trauma and making space for metabolizing our trauma. I do that through art practices. How do you do that? How do you connect again? How do you recognize that everything is everything? In reading about the themes of Ecclesiastes Kohelet, it speaks to the heart of the divine problem, which one commentator calls this divine sabotage, this where we are conscious of time passing, but yet we are not able to understand the big picture of time. I'm reading a book of short stories right now that speaks to the experience of Black folks with grief, with shame. It's called You Are Your Best Thing, and I would say everyone should read it. Austin Channing Brown has a piece in there, and she describes the type of joy that happens in the midst of grief, the type of joy defined as or called foreboding joy. Foreboding joy, this feeling that joy won't last, this feeling of giving into joy, setting ourselves up for disappointments, or that giving into joy is setting ourselves up for disaster. This is acutely felt right now in this time of tragedy where joy is a revolution. Joy is resistance. We keep hearing this said, and Tanya Denise Fields says it like this, joy is my birthright. Radical Black joy is inherent as a human need, and it's not some special trinket you get when you rise high enough on the socioeconomic ladder or unlock some special level of desirability or accomplishment. Joy is our birthright. Connection is our birthright. We can be gardeners, menders, caretakers, healers of the earth and of ourselves. It begins with us. Everything is everything. God has made everything fitting in its time. God has placed eternity in our hearts without enabling them to discover what God has done from the beginning to end. Everything is everything. We are called to care for the earth, to reverse this domination and claim accountability to each other and to the world. We, just as we hold this trauma in our bodies, our resilience lies in our bodies as well. We continue to need to hear this reflected in ourselves. I have some images here. Um, and I want to ask again, how do you connect? How do you reconnect in a time when joy also brings this feeling of dread? How do you connect? Reverend Jordan put in the chat, listening to music in nature is how he connects. Let me share my screen and I want to talk about these reflections of our own images, our bodily images in nature, to think deeply about everything and how everything is everything. So we see this picture, which is a painting of the tree of life. The round structure of the tree mirrors our lungs, the shape of our lungs. Here we have some art made from the placenta. 
the placenta that nourishes us. And literally we grow from this in the shape of a tree. We see fingerprints that reflect also the core of a tree, the growth of a tree. One side is a fingerprint. One side is a cross section of a tree. Lungs branching out like the branches of a tree. We are nature. Nature is reflected in us. Blood vessels and the veins of trees, the cracks in the ground and the branches in the air. Everything is everything. And when we think back to this image of the city, the city and the earth proliferating and growing together, we see the connection between the structures that we have created, the maps that we see and build, and the river systems of the earth. Everything is everything. I want to challenge us this morning to continue to connect, to continue to pray to be revealed. The rerouting of ourselves to the earth is our strength. The deeper we go within, the deeper and stronger our relationships and connections with each other, with community, and with earth can go. Everything is everything. This is the time. And I think if we continue to connect with each other, this is where we can begin to see and know the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. May God make it so in this time. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Thank you.